You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, we have Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. Uh, this guy is uh, just a, a powerhouse in social media, in music, in all kinds of things. Uh, we've talked about a ton of stuff. We talked about... Um, you know, working in, in, uh, TV and, uh, you know, writing records and learning guitar and, and growing up in Oregon where we both are from, uh, well, I've lived here 22 years now. Um, but he was, you know, born and raised here and, uh, all sorts of things I found out about this dude. And, and I really enjoyed this chat and I think you guys will as well. Uh, sleeping with sirens just released a new record called complete collapse on Sumerian records. Um, so go check that out. Uh, it came out actually the night we did this interview. It was a few weeks ago. Um, and I wanted to get this one out there to you guys so you could check it out. So I think you'll enjoy it very much. Um, thank you guys for listening week after week. I really appreciate it. Let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump into the conversation. So peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email. If you want to get in touch with me, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Everything's there. If you want to show someone the show, uh, for the first time, all the episodes are up there, uh, all the contact information, everything everything you need is on the website at peerpleasurepodcast.com. Uh, we also have the Facebook uh, group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. Uh, you can go and request to join that and we'll let you in. Uh, you can have access to who's coming on the show. Sometimes there's early access to episodes and things like that, other other conversations and, and things we discuss 
are in there as well. There's also the premium service, which is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. There you get the videos of the episodes. You also get the uh, Passcast, which is another podcast I do with other podcasters about the the favorite episodes they have of the show, a more of a deep dive, and then also the ad-free feed. So if you don't like listening to the ads, you can get that there as well. Uh, we are starting to put the new episodes up on YouTube. So if you're listening to this and you want to watch the actual video version, you can head over to YouTube uh, on the Peer Pleasure Podcast YouTube channel and watch this episode with Kellen Quinn. Uh, when there is video available, we will use it and put it on YouTube. If there's not, it'll be audio only, but I'll let you know in the episode if that is going to be the case. So go check out, and even if you don't check out this one, uh, definitely go subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would help us out greatly because we're trying to build that. It's funny, we've been doing this six years and we have a ton of listeners, but YouTube it looks like we've been started for like two days. It's really funny to see the difference in downloads versus YouTube views. So we definitely need to beef that up. I know we've held off for a long time, but head over to YouTube and subscribe. Also, uh, if you're listening on Spotify, give us a, a star review. Um, or a star rating rather. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to write a review. Uh, we love to see those come in. And eventually I'm going to start reading these on the show as well. Um, but without further ado, let's jump into this one with Kellen Quinn from Sleeping with Sirens. <laughs> How are you, man? Good, thank you. Thanks Excellent. for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm stoked to have you on, man. I uh, that was the fastest connection ever. <laughs> I'm on three hundred, three hundred. Uh, well, even that just it usually takes like fifteen seconds for everything to like. You end up staring at each other awkwardly, waiting like, "Can you hear me? Can I hear you? Can right. I hear?" Me? You you were here instantaneously. You must have a new <laughs> phone. <laughs> I have a nice one. Excellent. Uh, well, right on, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and and uh, uh, I'm glad this worked out. Are you on the road now, or are you at home? Yeah, we have a day off today in Kansas. We're in, like, some random small-ass town, and just 
we've been uh we did like rehearsals for like five days and then just two shows in a row so pretty tired but it's record release week you know it comes out tonight so we're excited yeah very, very excited dude that's crazy you got you guys have a new record coming out blink 182 is back together it's all happening at once yeah <laughs> dude absolutely well right on man uh so first off can you tell me about this when we were young fest for a second where you're on your way to because so many people thought it was fake i I, yeah. didn't, I didn't buy into that that it was fake i just didn't know how it was gonna work especially having like two shows and then like a week off and then a, or is it one show a week off and two more no it's two shows a week off and then one more okay um yeah so that's why we kind of built this little tour around it um I think that it was just kind of coincidence that it was also like album release week. So like kind of worked out that way. Um, but yeah, as far as like the festival, like we didn't even know we were playing it until the flyer came out. Mm -hmm. They're they like pretty strange about even telling the bands cause they didn't want to like blow its cover or anything. And yeah, I mean, that's really all I can say about it. I don't really know until we get there and see how it all works. You know, like, I think it's pretty interesting that they announced next year's already before even like trying this year's. Yeah. That, that made it even more strange. <laughs> so did they reach out first and, and like ask if you were interested in doing it and then just didn't tell you you were doing it till later? I think maybe they told like our management or something, but no, like we saw it come out and we were just as shocked as everyone else. Like didn't know about it. And yeah. we're, on the lineup and you know a lot of people keep asking me like how does it feel to be included in like this thing and i'm like i don't really know how to answer that because i didn't really have a choice <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I'm, like, I'm excited to be a part of it and i feel like it's 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 cool to be included i guess within this um i don't know nostalgic like scene of bands but um but yeah it's strange you know dude it that is the weirdest thing i've ever heard for a fact like for management to make that decision without talking to the band right. is the weirdest thing. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. How Here do you, we are. How do you feel about that? I'm curious because uh, if our management had done that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. Really? Um, I don't know. I, I think like, I think maybe it was like one of those calls where it's like to be included in this is a pretty big deal. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you know, they know the bottom denominator of like what it is that we are booked at. And I guess sure. it's like, makes sense financially and it makes sense um, strategically. Then maybe they just felt like it was okay to pull the trigger on it. Um, I don't think that we would have said no necessarily. Yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think that it's like, it's kind of cool how it played out. You know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things where I think that it just adds to like the, <laughs> the interesting factor to the whole thing. Like let's shock the bands. Let's like, let's not even let the bands know they're playing and it'll just be, a, it'll be a shock to everyone <laughs> because I know a lot of the bands, like people are like, is this fake? And a lot of the bands were answering like, we don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. It was such a weird thing. Like it just came out of nowhere. It's like, how do you get every one of these bands in the same place? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be the interesting thing too. Cause I know the set times are like pretty strict on being 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. We were like rehearsing and we rehearsed like this headliner set that we're doing, but also 
the when we were young set. And I think that we were like a minute and a half or two minutes over. And we're like, fuck, what's going to happen if we're over? <laughs> like, kill it. What is it? How are they going to you know do this? Like, I don't know, man. I'm excited to see how it plays out. It, I honestly think it's going to be fucking chaos. Yeah. But I mean, Warp Tour is kind of like in a similar vein, I guess. So mm-hmm. I guess if they're using that kind of, um, I don't know if they're, if they're, if they're doing it that way, I'm sure they're probably using so many of the same people that ran Warp Tour as well. Like I, I, I guarantee I'm going to see so many people that did Warp Tour, you know, like running oh, yeah. the stage, stage managing. So I'm sure it'll go smooth, but it'll definitely be chaotic. Man, when did you guys first do Warp Tour? Do you remember the year? Um, it was probably I know it was after our second record had come out. Okay. So I'm going to say like around 2012 probably. Okay. Was the first Man. that we did? Cuz we did Warp Tour 2003. Okay. 2005 and 6. And there were people when I went in 2015 or 2016 that were still working there right like i forget the dude's name always had his shirt off uh on the main stage oh uh, what's all his the name? tattoos and like the hair yeah. like kenny kenny yeah kenny he'll probably he'll probably be it when we were young yeah so this must yeah. be lyman as well i i you know he's gonna be there because we're doing like this other events with kevin lyman it's like okay. this charity thing so I'm sure that he has some part in it, but I don't, I don't want the record saying that. Cause I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't even why I didn't even look into that because I figured you'd have some do it. Cause this would never have happened if Warp Tour was still happening because there'd be no demand. Cause it'd already be happening with yeah. a lot of these bands, which I love that they put it all together. Um, when yeah, was man. the last, it wasn't that long ago. Was it? Bro, it was, uh, God. was it four was it 2019 or 2020? Because I remember no effects oh, was late. The, the pandemic, when did the pandemic happen? 2020. So it would have been 2019, I think. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because we did, I think we did like two tours on our last record and then everything shut down. So we were like in the very beginning stages of promoting our last record mm-hmm. and everything. So um, it's so crazy. I feel like, that whole thing like fucked up time for me. Like, I feel like I can't, it's like almost like there was, there was a before and then there's an after, you know, but there's, it's like, everything is kind of like blurry at that point. It's weird. Do you feel like you've come out of it? I don't feel like I've come out of it yet. Like it's still, the world has changed in a major way. I don't think anyone's come out of it. I think that we've all just kind of, I don't know. I think there's a lot of events in history and I'm, I'm reading this book right now about today, a radio, you know, the Radiohead album. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about how that record, a lot of people thought it was like foreshadowing, like the events of nine 11 or how they kind of like, there's like some weird things about that record and the fans like kind of like attributed to that maybe like Radiohead. But I, I, th- I found that interesting because I feel like we've gone through, I've gone through like, some shit like that in my life. Like, especially cause I, I went through nine 11, um, and then went through COVID and I feel like we go through like these crazy fucked up scenarios and then we just carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, like, I guess we have to, in order to like, um, to like just live and continue living. But 
it's like really like traumatic when you think about it. It truly is, dude. It truly is. Do you remember where you were on 9-11? Yeah, I was. I remember being at home and getting ready to go to school. And it was on like I was I, I always watched like MTV before I went to school. I watched like music videos and every channel was all about that. And I was like, dad, look at what's going on. And then we ended up going to school and all day, like we didn't even really do anything in class because everything was just basically like everyone was watching this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember first tower was hit. And then by the time I got to school, the second one happened. So it was just insane. And my mom was in New York at the time. She was fine. She was safe and, and everything. But like, it was just a crazy experience. Yeah. Uh, were you, were you raised on the East coast? No, I'm, I'm from the West coast. I okay. live in Oregon. So. You live where? In Oregon. Are you fucking kidding me? That's where I am, <laughs> dude. Where do you live in uh, Oregon? Yeah, I live in, I live in Medford, Southern Oregon. Dude, what the hell? <laughs> I had no idea. I'm just right up by yeah. five in Portland, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you in Portland? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. I had no idea. I literally had yeah. no idea. That's fantastic. What brought you yep. to Medford? So that's where I was kind of born and raised, you know, born and, and raised um, in Medford. Yeah. Yep. You and, and then, Paige um, Hamilton from helmet, dude. <laughs> and then my, <laughs> my mom, she got remarried and then I have family in Michigan. So I like, I ended up there for a little bit and then I came back and my wife and I met and then just, you know, once the band took off, having family and like a home base is just kind of like kept us in Medford to this point, you know? So I think once the kids are grown up enough, we might relocate somewhere. I don't know where, but, um, but yeah, that's where I've been most of my life. So, man, that's, that's awesome. I, I had no idea. And I just saw helmet the other night and Paige was talking about, he's been on the show before and he was born in Medford and, and raised really? in Portland. Um, but yeah, Medford's like his hometown, but he calls Portland his hometown. Um, yeah, no, one, no one claims Medford as their hometown. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why though. Like Medford Ashland area is, is gorgeous. Like it's a it wonderful is. part of the state. Yeah, more so Ashland. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville's really nice as well. Um, I feel like Medford could be really cool if they put some time and effort into the downtown, but they just don't. You know, mm -hmm. just like I don't know. That's crazy. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that. Well, you know, Lisa Renna is from Medford too. And I remember that like she was on this reality show. I think it was like Real Housewives or something like that. And my dad said that they went to school together and she like brought her kids back, but didn't claim that she like lived there because she was embarrassed about it or something. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like Portland's that spot where you don't want to mention you're from. It's it's changed so much, but uh Man, that's awesome. See, I grew up in Alaska, so like I've been in Portland since 2000 and uh yeah, it's it's really changed, but I've always loved uh we used to play shows in Medford. We played some garages in Medford, like nice. random spots, Ashland like coffee shops in Ashland and and uh yep. always on the way to California cuz we were so small we couldn't afford to just start in California, so we had to hit like four stops on the way there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I was younger, there was like a pretty cool local scene in like Medford grants pass and Ashland, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a scene there anymore. Cause I haven't been like involved, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, me and my buddies used to play shows. It was so fun. I miss those days. Those were great times. Dude. I love those days. You never know the good old days are happening when they're happening. It's so sad. You do not. 
I tell, dude, I, that's the biggest piece of advice I give to young bands coming up. I'm like, enjoy the moment you're in now. Cause you're always wishing to get to the next step or like, you know, climb the ladder, but you're, you're going to, you're going to miss the days where you're like trying to find food in your van and trying to, you know, you're sleeping on random people's floors and stuff. Those were like the best times. Dude. Have you ever had in those times, have you ever stayed at some kid's house that you thought was theirs and then woke up and their parent was there and you had no idea? Like, has that ever happened to you? Like you're on a kitchen floor on a living room floor and someone's parent come home like who the hell are you has that happened to you because that's happened to me and a few other people i've talked to that sounds awesome no that's Weird. never happened did stay at some girl's house one time and she made us like pray she made us do like this prayer circle and that was really strange didn't know that we were getting it it's like yeah like before we could like she was like hey i'm gonna cook you guys dinner but before we eat we have to pray and all this stuff and some of the guys in my band weren't religious so they thought that was real strange you know yeah dude so. I the weirdest someone should write a book just about collections of stories of staying at people's houses randomly or oh. putting the sign on the merch table that says hey free t-shirt if we can crash on your floor totally you never know what you're gonna get huh exactly exactly i well that takes me into this other i i noticed i saw that you have like a uh i wouldn't what i call it a foundation but like what you do to help young bands kind of bridge the gap between the gatekeepers of the industry and like the the it's kind of a treacherous thing to be involved in as far as the music business goes, because there's just so many moving parts and there's so many people. Uh, I mean, I've seen it on all levels, but there's so many people either in the way or that you need to get through to get to where you need to be. And then can you trust those people? I don't know. It's very strange. And I, I was reading about you were, you were, you're doing something with that, with young bands kind of being a mm -hmm. mentor to them. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause that's really interesting. I've never seen something like that. Um, I, I mean, I do a lot of features on artist stuff mm -hmm. and I like to help out young bands as much as I possibly can, just because I feel like, um, if we are gatekeeping, then we're, we're keeping the music from moving forward. Somebody asked me a question today. It was like a written interview and it was basically about like, what was the question? How was it phrased? Um, Something along the lines of that is just like, it's like, who are we to say that this is just ours? I feel like that's what makes the scene, the scene is that it's like, it's accessible just enough to where it's like, it could just be yours, but it's also fun to like share it still. It's like the only music scene I think that's prevalent still today that is like, it just reminds you of like having records and discovering music for the first time. I'm still all about that. I'm still about discovering new artists and like being like, yo, do you heard this band or like check out this band? And if I can help put people on, then I think that that's a really important thing. You know, mm -hmm. like we're always going to have like the bigger artists that are like at the top of the umbrella. But I mean, I think it's more fun to just discover like artists that people don't know about and talk about it and, and, and kind of like pull from that instead. Mm -hmm. Isn't it cool that like most bigger artists, if you look like there's that show on, uh, on YouTube that Amoeba records does or what's in my bag. Have you seen that? I love it. So I great. Love that. Yeah. It's, it's always there, but they're always picking bands you've never heard of because who influences the people that influence. Yeah. It's always people that have not uh, usually hit that mark. They're yeah. usually much smaller and more obscure. 
And that's super interesting to me because it creates the influence that then influences the mass, like the mass uh, audience. Super, super interesting stuff. Um, but what you're talking about, we're like, you know, certain people make it to this certain degree and certain, some people don't. It's super, uh, I mean, everyone can't be on that platform. I kind of love that. I kind of love that Amoeba does that though. Like they invite, I mean, it's like, it's like, um, what is it? The, there's all those like online performance stuff too. Like the one in Seattle, what's that one called? Uh, KEXP. KEXP, like all of those shows too. It's like, they don't, they don't ask like a lot of the bigger artists to come do it. It's like a lot of these indie artists that they ask to do it. And I've even inquired if we could play some shit like that and they don't respond. And I think that's so hard body. It's like, <laughs> it keeps you humble, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I follow all of those different channels on Instagram and I'm always discovering new artists through that. And I think that's so cool. I love the, what's in my bag. I always like to see what people put. Cause I feel like, I feel like a lot of artists like try to find the most creative shit that they can stick in the bag that make people go, Oh, that's weird. That they put that in there. Yeah. I don't know. The film I know my scores. Big, my big player would put something so stupid in his bag. Like he put like sweethearts or something that had nothing to do with music, you know? <laughs> He'd go to that little toy section in the front of, of like little kitschy gifts and just fill it with yeah. that shit. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my God. So you guys haven't done like Audio Tree Live or any of that stuff? No, that too. Yeah. That's the one because I discover yeah. so many bands from that. But then also you get like to put it on Spotify. It's like a live yep. record and it's professionally recorded and the yeah. video. It's amazing. There's this band I, I was uh, try, connecting with Equal Vision a while back called Glacier Veins. And uh, they're from Portland and they did an audio tree live and it was fantastic. And now they have that on Spotify and video content. I don't know yeah. how it works, who gets the royalties from it as far as I don't know how that part works, but that's a badass thing to have. It is really cool. Yeah. I like that one too. That's, that's another one that I follow and I, I discover a lot of artists through them as well. Are they based out of Chicago? Is that where they're from? I think it's Chicago. Yeah. That stuff is, is, is incredible. And between that and Spotify, which Spotify I had my, my doubts with, but I've found so many bands through that too, just randomly coming on. Like the, after yeah. you, I have a, a, a Mercedes from a band called uh, soft cult. I'm not sure okay. if you heard them, but super like shoegazy stuff from Canada. I think they just played with muse cool just came on my spotify and i was like this is incredible and so i reached out because i was like this is this is great and and What's here we are called? soft cult okay i'll check it out because I'm, I'm really into like the shoegaze style right now actually like you know the band dive yeah yeah so like i've just been recently getting into those guys and i i really like their music a lot and this band called Nothing, too. Have you heard them? Yep. My friend Christina plays bass for them. She used to sing for a band called Gouge Away from Florida. Okay. Um, cool. We were actually just texting before we got on. Um, there's there's a band called Teenage Wrist, too, which you've probably heard. I, yep. I love that band. But, yes, uh, Soft Cult, incredible. It's it's two two uh, twin sisters, drummer, guitar player, and it's cool. it's incredible, dude. You'll, you'll like it. You'll like it okay. for sure. Um. But speaking of this, this, this all wraps me around into one little thought, but joking about like staying at people's houses, I had Chris from under oath on and yep. he was talking about how they played an entire show at someone's house that wasn't even theirs. Like they brought everyone there 
uh, the, the girl that put it on, brought everyone there, put on the show, videotaped it, and then showed it, I think it was her boyfriend's house or something, that they had an entire show in this room. But that takes me to uh, Spencer yes, and his collab with you guys uh, yes. on Crosses. That song kicks ass. Uh, Thanks. There's a lot of collabs on this record. It seems there like is. like what spawned that because and and how you chose who you wanted because Spencer's fantastic, um, but yeah, talk about that because it, I don't see I see you collab with a lot of people, but not a lot of people collab on your stuff like on this record. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Um, I don't like to give parts away, so it's like it has to be right in order for it to make sense. And I think that this time around, it was just such a strange process making a record after the pandemic anyways that i feel like we just kind of like we threw away like our expectations of like how we normally do things and we just wanted to have fun making records again and we went into the studio and we had these songs and i think we came home what we like to do now is we like to go in record some shit and then go home for a little bit and just kind of sit on it instead of like just saying like this is definitively what it's going to be and I was in that process and I was like, I didn't really like the second verse that I had for crosses. And I thought, man, Spencer would take this to a whole nother level. Like the breakdown, uh, specifically, I just didn't really like what I had there. Mm -hmm. And I remember I sent it to him without those parts in it. And what he sent me back, I was just like, it's exactly what I wanted. And I think that that kind of sparked the interest in seeing what else we could add to the songs. Mm -hmm. I think his, first one that I got back and I'm like, okay, cool. And then Charlotte Sands, uh, did an interview that I caught and she said that she would like to be a part of, uh, or, or to work with me or the band in some capacity. And so I had this song, let you down, which I thought was like more on the pop side. And I heard her collab with taking back Sunday in the main. And I was like, she'd be great. So sent her the song and came back and it was awesome. It's almost like collecting baseball cards or something. <laughs> That's how it feels, you know, like, like you open up the pack and you get somebody that has like, it's like, oh shit, I got a baseball jersey. It's like kind of like one of those things. Yeah. Weird. So she collaborated with, with Under Oath on Hallelujah, didn't she? Charlotte uh, Sands on like a voyeurist B-side or something. She did the, like Aaron's parts or something. Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty I know sure. Thing for her, he did something. But maybe she is on. I don't know. Is she on there? I think. Album? The, I think they. I not on the album, but it's like a a, a single they did where she takes oh, over cool. some of Spencer's parts. Spencer had sent it to me like the the. But that's the first time I heard of her. And okay, then I saw cool. her on your record, and I was like, "Who is yep. this person?" Like I didn't know her before. So, um, great voice. And and yep. uh, how did you guys? How did you and Spencer meet? To her? Um. Yeah, Spencer. Okay, so. Our old sound guy and tour manager used to do sound for Under Oath. Okay. And so I think we kind of connected with the band through him. And then when uh, Spencer was doing like Sleepwave stuff, we did some shows and stuff together and we would just randomly connect on tour. And we all just kind of became friends um, that way. And so I think he and I have like a similar history with just like, the stuff that we'd struggled with, you know, and, um, we have like that brotherly and friendship connection. And so it's, it's cool to see him like thriving now and myself thriving now and being able to like see us like getting over that hurdle and like 
continuing to make music and feeling good about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was like another huge thing about having him be a part of this song. Cause like the, the lyrical content on this song is about battling your demons and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Did you go through the similar substance stuff that he did? Um, mine was more alcohol actually, but oh, shit. yeah. Okay. So, so just like, but I think honestly, mine was more of just, uh, a deep depression. And that was just like what I was using to mask it all and to like cover it up. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't realize until later on that it actually makes that shit worse. So, yeah. But, um, but yeah, a lot of growing up over the last few years and just kind of like discovering what makes me feel better and what makes me feel good is not those things that I was chasing before. Mm-hmm. You're entering my world now. Like this is, yeah. this is where I, I, this is where I live. Yeah. Uh, how did you come out of that? Because I suffer horrendously with depression, uh, did with alcoholism. Um, I didn't go any further than that necessarily, yeah. but I, it's, that's my world. And yeah, how did you come, like Spencer and I go into these three hour chats on this stuff, but like, how did you work your way out of, out of that? Was this before COVID or during COVID? Yeah. Because fuck dude during COVID. Oh my God. I would like, I would conquer and then I would go back to, mm-hmm. and I think a lot, of it just, it, a lot of it had to do with having a family at home and then just touring into the ground and feeling like this is the only way I can survive. This is the only way my family can survive. If I keep touring and touring and touring and just one foot in the door, one foot out the door, like just never like really home, like missing so much shit. And just, I think that was a huge part of it. So COVID was kind of the only positive I can take from it is actually being forced to be home and deal with all of it and just realizing like, okay, this is what's important. Like fuck all this other stuff. This is what's important to me. And being present, being like in my body was what I needed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, my, my wife and I have gone the complete opposite direction. Like now we're like full on, like, eating healthy. I'm getting like juices every day and stuff. I feel it's almost like you have to like find a way to feed that addiction in another way, in another positive way. So mm-hmm. yeah. going to the gym out running, like finding ways to like feed myself in uh, in positive ways rather than like take for myself. Yeah. Positive, positive addiction. Yeah. Like the taking it the one day at a time, as cliche as it sounds like I'm not going to drink yep. today. I'm good yes. today. That's all that matters. I mean, cause it's all we have. It's all we have is the present moment. I mean, right. You know, yes, you are playing that festival or that show tomorrow so far. What if everything yeah. changes today you have? And that's one thing I also struggle with is, is being in and out of different worlds. Like, like you're talking touring one foot out the door all the time. Like that's a very real thing, man. Like not being present it's, it's so easy to not be present. It's so easy to not be fully invested in something, uh, you know, and always have something else on the, on the side or something else to look forward to. Um, but also trying to forget or try to get back faster to where you were. So I'm on tour for a month. Shit. If I can make it go faster, if I do this, this, and this and get home, but then you're home, you're like, shit, I got to get back on the road. We got to pay for this house. We got to pay for this, this, uh, school. Like, it's a constant deal that just never goes away, but to be able to master that and find peace in both is, I don't know if it'll ever happen for anyone truly, but it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting situation to be in. 
uh, yeah, where you're living. Right. To like, to make it the best scenario as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, like, I mean, I'm lucky I get to play music for a living. Like I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. I think my biggest thing though, is like, it's just the constant noise. It's like, I have a full house at home and when I'm on tour, we're doing like meet and greets and we're singing and playing shows and you're around your band and your crew and everyone all the time. And then immediately you get home and it's like, welcome home. Here's this life. It's just like, wow, I wish I could go to like some cave for like a week and just <laughs> hear nothing but quiet. You know? Have you tried the, uh, I talk about this all the time, but have you tried those isolation tanks? No, I want to do it so bad. Do you have anxiety? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I tried it because I talk about it on the show all the time and I finally decided okay. to try it. Once I got in there, it, I paid for the hour. Once I got in there, I, I finally relaxed at about 50 minutes because I could hear my heartbeat and my breathing. And I could like, you come to grips with your own mortality because you're feeling and hearing your heartbeat. You're, and I'm six foot five. Like I'm huge. Like, so all my extremities would keep touching the side of the tank and keep making me forget I was weightless. So you may not have this issue that I did with that, but I did not calm down until almost the end. But when I did, it was insane. Like everything kind of changed in my brain because the same for me, I'm always around my, my kids at home at work here, like here you're in my ears. Like this is all I hear is you, which I love because I'm in the moment. But there's never really a time to shut it off. Yeah. And and that is is extremely difficult. And especially in your situation where you're doing the meet and greets. You're doing you always have to be on. Like right now, you're on, right? Like technically, so am I, but like my situation's very different. But when you go do those meet and greets, you go out in front of all those people. Like you have to be Kellen from Sleeping with Sirens. Yeah. Not Kellen Quinn. Or the Kellen Quinn that people think you are. Right. You know, and it's not not saying that you're putting on a on a face, but you do have to be on somewhat. And I think people recognize that. Um, but living in that is just it takes a toll. Yeah. It really does because you're giving away so much of yourself and and not getting as much in return of genuine uh genuine reciprocation. It's yeah, interesting. Something I'm learning is that you just because this is what I do, like I make music and it's like a part of me doesn't mean that it's all of me. Mm-hmm. And it's a while to figure that out because you do get lost within the character. Like you're just saying, you know, yeah, comes your identity, like this thing that like wasn't even how it started. You know, I started off as like this kid that used to gel his hair back and like you know like make these ridiculous songs with my friends in like their home studios you know and then it like turned into like this whole other thing and uh yeah i think you you start to feed into that shit so it's like i think that helps too being home just like kind of realizing like oh like this is who i am like mm-hmm. i'm still that kid with the gelled back hair i just have longer hair now <laughs> yeah you're the same person just more yes. people know who you are and that's also a weird thing like and I love that, like, before, the, I didn't know a whole lot about you before this this chat. And I went on Instagram, and I was like, holy shit. Like, you have a lot of followers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. This is something I talked about with Tom DeLong. Like, how... What? 
What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equalvision Records, you're always going to find something you like at Equalvision.com. Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Be Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm 
is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. <laughs> what it's like to have an Instagram with that many followers because I feel overwhelmed with messages and like weird spammy stuff and then like random weird messages, but I can only imagine what an inbox looks like on Instagram with like 1.7 million followers. Like it's such a, and then I like only, sorting through that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't even go over to like the request side of things, you know, yeah. like I just keep it real chill. Like I keep it on my primary and I mean, everyone that sends me messages on there, I know, mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like, I feel like Instagram is about the limit. Like everyone is always like, when are you going to get a TikTok or when are you going to do this or that? It's like, dude, I can barely handle an Instagram and a Twitter. Like that's enough for me. You know, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. For me, I don't have enough time to like, or I, or do I want the time to like be focused on the other stuff? Um, I just, I enjoy like being again, being present and being in my body and like not being on that all the time, you know? Yeah. And it's so much Instagram was not what it is now. Instagram before was like, you have four shitty filters that you throw on a picture. And it was all about everyone trying to take artsy photos, you know, yeah. there's people that could take really good photos. And then it was just you taking a picture of some random shit and putting a filter on it. Be like, that's a cool picture. Now it's not even, it's something completely different. You know, it's like a promotional tool now, which yeah. is just my, how things start and how they end up, you know? Yeah. I had a therapist tell me one or ask me one time, well, if you could like his first appointment, if you could make your, you know, what would be your perfect existence? And I said, oh, it would look like someone's Instagram page. Cause yeah. you only take pictures of the good stuff. Oh yeah. And the course. happy times. And that really, she's like, huh? Okay. And I was <laughs> like, do you have an Instagram? Yeah. 
Well, go back and look at it. Did you post any of the fights you had with your wife, yeah. with your husband or wife or, yeah. you know, pictures of you crying? Like it doesn't, there's nothing real anymore. Right. And I think no. it's really poisonous. It's yeah, it is. It is. I keep it really like light on there though, too. It's like, I feel like the only thing I post on my Instagram is work related stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember post like photos of like, my daughter and stuff when she, you know, was first born and like every once in a while I'll post something with, of my family, but like, I like to keep that to myself now, you know, it's weird. Like she, she starts to say things like, why did you post these photos of me back then? Now they're like, now I find them on YouTube because people make like these, you know, videos and like her face will be on them and stuff like that. And she's grown up enough to ask me like, and you don't think about that when you're younger, mm -hmm. you know, how, mm -hmm when she gets older so i don't know it's, it's all like a learning experience and i feel like we're learning in real time we don't know the effects of everything but we just kind of here it is <laughs> it's part of being a parent is trying not to pass uh pass your bullshit onto your kids you end up doing it yeah. but you try to minimize it yeah right we struggle with that too like posting pictures of our kids on online just even on any form of that because they don't really have the choice in the matter and then people go and take pictures and like take the pictures off there, save them, whatever. And it yeah. just gets super weird. Um, yeah. But I think, I think what I've realized is that your kids are going to resent you one way or another, even if you feel like you've done the best you can. <laughs> <laughs> Does your, do your kids uh, come out with you and watch what you do? Have they been to a lot of shows? They're going to come out to when we were young for three of the shows and they, they, they like to do that. Yeah. Um, my stepson's like my middle stepson has come out to like a bunch of shows and he likes to help out like doing VIP stuff or sometimes we'll have him help out on stage. And he, he really likes to be a part of that world. He has a lot of fun. I mean, what kid wouldn't you get to travel and go to like a different place every single day, you know, it's not going to school and sitting in a classroom. So, yeah. I, I remember when job shadowing came around in my high school, I went with my neighbor instead of my dad. Cause my dad worked at a grocery store and my neighbor was a pilot. <laughs> so I nice. felt bad, like, fuck you, dad. Like, I'm going to go with the neighbor because he's got a badass, badass deal. And I, I've always felt bad about that. But um, I assume that would be a popular one for you guys if if that was to come up. But uh, yeah, to go off to a festival and, and do that. But um, man, so the new record comes out tonight. Yep. God, that's wild. I'm really how did you guys and I know I'm going all over the place, but we we were on Rise Records in the beginning. Uh, and I know you're not on rise anymore, but when you guys, you guys were on rise for a while, right? Yeah. How did, how did that, how did you guys get signed to rise? Cause we literally got signed off a little show in Portland at the, at the blackbird. And there was like four bands on the label and they okay. had never recouped a record. And we're like, dude, we're going to tour our asses off. And he's like, all right, I'll take a chance. Signed us. And we got bought by fearless, like before it came out. And then everything just started blowing up with Rise Records. So I'm curious yeah. when you guys came into it, how you did on a personal level, just because it's, you know, where I was as well. So we got introduced to Rise Records through uh, the first producer we worked with. He was like an A&R, I guess, through them. Okay. So he basically just sent them a few songs and they're into it. And uh, Rise did not expect us to, to do as well as we did, because I remember... I remember when we were making our second record, uh, they were like really hyped on the Of Mice and Men record. 
they, they, they were like, this is going to be the one. And they were like showing us that. And then I think that we ended up, um, we ended up selling a ton of records on that second record. And they were like, Oh shit. Like maybe we should pay attention to this band a little bit more too, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a while there where rise was, was doing like some pretty awesome stuff. And, um, no, they were really good to us and we had a good time on that record, you know, mm-hmm. or on that label. And, uh, and I, I feel like every label we've been a part of has been, has been really chill actually. Like I don't have any horror stories or anything like that. So yeah, me neither. It was just, I, I didn't make a dollar from rise though. <laughs> ever like we we got bought out by fearless and then i don't think i made any money from that either like it was just a we just had no idea what we were fucking doing and uh, right it just kind of blew up we're like okay well we're on tour now and and uh all right we need a van all right we need this like yeah exactly yeah end up owing all this money uh and now i'm on equal vision and you probably worked with matthew gordner from from when he was on rise he's with evr now so he's a guy i deal with here and uh but what about sumerian like with ash did you how did they approach you guys that's a rad label. Um, yeah. Ash, I think has been wanting to work with the band for a while and he and I connected and I just, I love his passion. I love like, he's like one of the most passionate dudes I've ever met. Like he's just, he always has a million ideas and I love that. He's the type of person that like, he's like, let's just throw it up against the wall. If it sticks, we'll try it. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. And, um, yeah, he has, you know, he'll come into the studio and he'll listen to the songs and he'll have his opinions and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like he wants what is best going to benefit the band. And he's given me a lot about other opportunities too, like working on his TV shows and, and all that kind of stuff that he does as well. So that's been really awesome. Really? What are you doing on the TV shows? So he did that paradise city show Uh huh. and I played uh, an assistant named Ralphie on that show. Dude, I need to and, watch this. <laughs> and I basically, I just get yelled at <laughs> by the manager the entire time. And I'm always on the phone. Um, I call in like a bomb threat during one scene to get the drummer from London back to LA because he's going to, he's, he's late. Like he partied all night and I got to get him on this flight. So the manager's like calling a bomb threat. So there's a scene where I'm at a pay phone. I've got like a mask on and I'm like calling in this bomb threat. It was a crazy experience because in my mind, for some reason, I thought, Oh, acting. It's just going to be like shooting a music video. Not at all. It's, it's a really hard job. So me being like, I guess, naive. Um, I spent a lot of time on set watching the actual actors and actresses do what they do best. And I learned a ton of shit and it was just incredible to see people in in their moment, just like becoming these characters, like really becoming these characters, you know, mm-hmm. um, when you read something off a script, you don't realize, you know, as we're communicating right now, we're just talking, we're not thinking about the words. We're just saying them. Mm-hmm. It's like, but when you're acting and you're, and you're thinking about that, like you, you're thinking about your lines, you're thinking about like what you have to say and it doesn't come off natural. So there's like a way to, I, there's just a way to like, to make it seem natural. And I, I guess that's what I've learned the most of is just being able to like watch people do what they do. It's awesome. It's such a strange thought to think about because the words should be natural because yeah. they were written that way. But when you look, you have to look at it and reverse to make it natural. Yeah. I don't think there's any other time in your life where you would have to do that exactly. than being an actor. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, think about this. Like if you have a speech that you have to tell in front of the class or something, right. You have to memorize your speech. 
it's, it's kind of like a similar thing, but it's like even worse with your, when you're acting, cause you're playing off someone else, right. They've got to be in like, you have to like feed off of each other and you're saying the lines, but there's like nuances that we use when we talk mm-hmm. and it's not like, it's not uniform. It's just very like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain, but man, these people that have that job and they work their ass off, it's, it's, I have mad respect for it because you have to like put yourself in a whole different perspective to do it. And so, and there's people watching you, like the director's watching you, like the camera people are watching you. Other actors are watching you people that have like, I mean, there's people on the show that were in like big fucking shows. Like, uh, one of the girls was in uh, Sopranos. And, um, so I had a scene with her and it was like incredibly intimidating, you know, like to just be, on camera with her but like everyone was super lovely it was really really nice experience dude it's such like thinking someone that does what you do at the level you do you know what you're doing when you get out there on stage something goes wrong you know how to fix it you know you know you know what you're doing but then you go into this other world which interestingly enough is because you do what you do because otherwise Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know ash he wouldn't have asked you to come over here so now you're thrown into something that you have no idea about and you get to learn all again, but then watching as the guy who knows nothing. Yeah. That's so grounding, like, and well, humble. Yeah. I mean, you don't really realize that, do you? Like when you're on stage, like you're just saying, like, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If something's broken, you know how to fix it. Let's like, it's like, it's like driving a car. When you first learn how to drive a car, it's fucking scary. But now it's like, you can, it's like half the time I'm driving places and I'm not even like, I don't even know how I get there. I, my body just knows where to go. But like, I think there's something to learning something new and, and going like, Oh shit. Maybe it was this hard to sing before now. Maybe it was challenging. Cause I think that we're naturally gifted at certain things and like that definitely helps. But like right now I'm learning how to play guitar and it's, it's a whole different thing because in, in, the, in the biggest mind fuck is that I expect, I expect a guitar to be just as easy as me singing. Now I expect to just pick up a guitar and be like, Oh, I'm going to be able to play some shit. No, it's, <laughs> it's really, really challenging, but I love that it is. It, I, it keeps me focused on something and it keeps me, um, wanting to continue to like just pursue music and become even more um musical it's going to help me with writing records it's going to help me in the future with everything you know yeah did you have did you for this record did you were you learning during the writing and recording of this record or did you start afterwards yeah after okay so your whole perspective is going to change when you write the next record yeah dealing with your guitar players and like the whole process is going to, I'm stoked to hear what that sounds like because it's going to change the whole dynamic. You understand how it works and at least partially how it works. Um, man, that was always something weird being in bands with, with people who didn't play the instruments at all. Yeah. Trying to explain to them, well, I can't do that. Or wait a minute. Okay. This is going to take this, this, and this. Well, what do you mean? You know, like it just (laughs) hear me sing the part and you make it happen. Uh, it doesn't always work. It doesn't always play out. Um, yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) How do the guys feel about that? They're really, really nice about it. Uh, luckily, you know, they're very sweet. Like they, uh, Nick, my 
my guitar player, he sends me like videos of playthroughs of the songs to kind of show me how to do it, you know? Um, and no, they're really encouraging. So it's, it's, it's really nice because it could be the complete opposite. It could be like, they could be intimidated or they could be like not wanting to be helpful, but they're, they're very, very helpful about it. So they're not the ones teaching you. Are you taking lessons from somebody or are you teaching yourself and with those videos? Yeah, Learning, like watching videos online or, you know, um, just learning, like, basically I'm just learning by playing music that I want to learn, like, you know, songs that I want to learn off YouTube. That's the cool thing about YouTube now is that you can just go on there and people, there'll be playthroughs and stuff. Um, and then I am doing some online lessons. This guy, uh, Tomo Fujita, do you know who that is? No. Okay. So look up Tomo is funky on Instagram. Okay. That's his handle. He was a teacher at Berkeley for like 25 years, but he taught John Mayer and stuff how to play guitar. And he's incredible. Like, but you know, he's like teaching you how to do triads and like all like the actual like theory shit. So like I learned how to do that, but then I also go on YouTube to figure out how to play power chords. (laughs) So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I remember learning to play guitar from the radio, like listening to, I would record radio programs and, and yeah. uh, I think Stone Temple Pilots, Tiny Music, that record was the first one I started to try and actually play on bass. And then I was like, bass is boring, went to guitar and it was a whole nother world, which I have a yeah. new respect for bass now, but that's how old I guess I am now. But that, that record was new back then. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Radio, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I guess that it, it puts you in a whole nother level that like when you can like hear, I guess that's like the thing that sets a lot of guitar players apart. People that can like hear something and go, Oh, I know exactly what they're playing by ear, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not having to like see where they're at, but just going like, Oh, I, I hear what that chord is, or I know like what they're playing. And I have like, you're exactly right when what you were saying before is that in the studio, I'd say, Oh, why can't you play this or something? But now I have a newfound respect for going like, Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But think of all yeah. the times you're going to be sitting there with a guitar and an idea hits you and you're going to be able to materialize it right away yeah. versus yeah. maybe losing it. Like when you have that inspiration in the middle of the night and you have like a notepad by your bed and you get up and you write this gibberish, that kind of thing, but having the tool with you, Mm-hmm. probably come up with some pretty rad lightning in a bottle kind of ideas uh that may may go by the wayside without that i would think yeah i would i hope so that'd be awesome you just have to have that's a guitar the... with you all the time yeah <laughs> but then that's something you can teach your kids you know yeah. uh once you know how get lessons from dad right like do you teach them do they sing my daughter does sing um my middle stepson he is, uh, he wants to do the drums. So we're looking into getting him a drum set right now. Okay. Man, yep. that's going to be cool. Then you can jam yeah. the family jam. There's something yeah. about it, man. Whether I know. It's just singing and playing or having all the instruments, which we don't have enough at my house, but like, uh, yeah, I'll play guitar. My son will start like just tapping on this. Uh, the, the, I forget what it's called. It's the drum you sit on and you tap it's wood. Oh, the cajon. Yeah. The cajon he's it's, but it's a kid's version. But he'll start like hitting a beat and we'll just start playing together and you like you lock in. It's that feeling like you're talking about with acting that we experience on stage musically is we're conversing musically, sonically that way. Right. That feeling when everything locks together and you the idea comes together, there's no replacement for that in the world. I really feel it's a truly magical experience 
And uh, I think that's what keeps people coming back, writing more records, writing more songs, instead just sticking to what they have and playing the hits. Like they're continuously trying to find that magical moment again. Yeah. It's a real beautiful thing. And, and yeah. it's hard to explain to people that don't play music. Um, Definitely. One of those connections that you can't, you can't replace that. Um, but like what you're saying with acting, like just locking in and, and seeing them come into character, but then you're playing off them at the same time. It's a super interesting thing. Uh, I wish everyone could experience it in some way. Um, yeah. The, the pandemic kind of helps light that fire again for the band, you know, like you, you have a newfound perspective of like why music is important, you know, and actually like playing these shows and seeing people being able to come to like, concerts again and seeing like how electrifying it is has like really been like a huge um positive thing in my life because you take for granted what is important and then you realize like how important it is when it's gone Mm -hmm. and that's been a huge thing for me so yeah dude it's it's real man it's real what what was the first show you saw post-pandemic uh where you actually went and watched the show versus playing it so it was when we were doing this other show with Ash and um, it was called No Cover. And it was like, it's basically like The Voice or American Idol, but it's all original artists. And we recorded it at the Troubadour and the judges were Alice Cooper, Gavin Rossdale, Lizzie Hale, and um, all these other like amazing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so just um, just getting to watch those people get up on stage and play in front of these amazing legends. And that's your first show back. (laughs) Interesting, (laughs) dude. That was my first concert back was watching that and being able to host it and be a part of it. So wait a minute. I am, I'm, I, I feel completely ridiculous right now. You were hosting that show. Yes, I was. Yeah. Me and Katie Babs. What in the, I watched that season of that show. No yeah. wonder I didn't put it together. Yep. I am completely embarrassed. Holy no, no, shit. I watched that show. I didn't even put it together. Yeah. I'm putting it together right now. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I was watching it on my phone to be fair, but that, that band that fucking, uh, what were they called? The, with the acoustic guitar, like the super. Native Howell. Yeah. I think my buddy Blasco manages them now. Nice. Nice. The connections are just coming in. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> I, no worries. Dude. <laughs> this is, this happens every once in a while on here where something just like this epiphany, like I know yeah. who you are, like on another level, not just right. in the band, but like, yeah. Okay. That makes more sense now. Uh, I saw Jawbox. It was my first show back. And I just felt the kick drum, that first kick of the kick drum where you feel it in your heart. And I was like, I didn't know how much I missed this. Holy shit. And it just changed everything back. It was Jawbox and Jawbreaker back to back. Same tour. And it was at the Roseland in Portland. And it was just like, here I am. Sold out. And you could still spin around with your arms out and not touch anybody because of the diminished uh, capacity or whatever. Right. Um, absolutely crazy dude absolutely crazy um well 
what what is next the record comes out tonight touring yep. to to when we were young what's what do you got going the rest of the year or can you um, even talk man. about it i yeah we're going to australia in december um there's a festival there called i think it's called good things okay so we're doing that and then other than that just kind of playing it by ear um i feel like one of the things that i was pretty adamant about when we came back to playing music again is that i want to be more um choosing of what tours and stuff we decide to do i definitely don't want to go back to touring into the ground again so i'm definitely making sure that i spend time home with family too Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah trying to get to uk again europe again and and just you know trying to like enjoy playing these shows in front of people that want to see it and hear the music and uh yeah just taking it one day at a time like we were talking about earlier yeah dude it's all you can do you're good for today and that's good enough (laughs) yeah it's so hard for people to understand sometimes but just being present it's one of the hardest things to do man like we're talking about being present in the moment you know you're going through the motions you've got a set list you've got whatever there's always some kind of a plan uh but just enjoying the ride is super hard and if you can really harness that i think just everything goes so much better so much more happiness um Man, this has been awesome, dude. I really appreciate you coming on. And and uh, when Becky reached out, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this thing. Like, uh, it's great. And and I'm stoked you're from Medford. That's rad. I, and so close. Are you guys going to make it up to Portland soon? Um, Not on this one, but yeah, hopefully we'll come back. Okay. And, uh, but when I do, I'll let you know. You can come hang out, dude. It'd be awesome. Dude, that'd be rad. I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you on this. And, and uh, like I said, I just did not put those two together. I don't know how. <laughs> anyway this will go on the best of of like the times i fucked up and like wait wait a minute <laughs> I love uh, it. yeah, dude and i'll be honest with it too like i've shit i watched that and you were a great host but i didn't put it together. i didn't recognize the name at the time so i didn't put it together yeah but that's such a good show oh yeah i and, agree I th- and it's hard doing that shit hosting a live yeah. show like that being an mc yeah. like you got to be just as entertaining without a band yeah You've been in so many damn facets of entertainment. It's awesome. Uh, uh, cheers to you, man. And I, I, I really appreciate the time and and uh, the new the new stuff is is really awesome. And uh, I'm stoked for it to come out. Release day is Me- a big day, man. So uh, I'll let you get back to your evening because it's gonna it's gonna come out here in a few hours. So. Well, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I hope, hope we can connect soon. And uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right, Kellen. We'll talk soon. See you. See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Kellen Quinn from Sleeping with Sirens. Uh, I know these guys just got off the When We Were Young Festival uh, the first weekend, and the next one's coming up this week. Well, actually, when you hear this, it'll be over. Um, So just coming off the When We Were Young Festival, which was really awesome to see that actually go off and be complete, aside for the first day being canceled, which was a little strange. I mean, it wasn't strange. It was a definite weather concern. Um, but I was stoked to see that went off and everyone had a great time and next year's sold out. Uh, it's going to be a cool thing. So congratulations to everyone involved there. And I hope the bands had a great time. Hope all of you had a great time if you were there. Um, yeah, would love to hear stories from it. If you guys were there, um, I didn't go this year, but I'll probably go next year. Um, we'll see, but, uh, thank you guys for coming back week after week and listening to the show. I really appreciate it. Like I said, if you like this episode and you wanted to watch it on YouTube, you can go over to the Peer Pleasure Podcast YouTube channel and subscribe and watch. Uh, I think there's probably eight videos up by now, uh, but the new videos are going to be coming up on there 
um, and then a few of the old ones, but the rest will remain in the premium. Um, so if you want to subscribe to that, that's peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm, and they'll give you all the access to the videos up to this point. Um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Uh, I had a blast doing this one. There's a ton coming up, a lot of big stuff. I'm doing multiples of these dur during the day, like three at a time. It's crazy. Uh, gearing up for the 12 days of peer pleasure, which has become a tradition, and we're going to continue to do that. Um, and stoked to stoked to do that with you guys this year. So, uh, but like I said, I got a lot to do, so I'm going to jump out of here. Thank you very much. Subscribe to the YouTube. Send us a rating and review. Subscribe to the show. Tell a friend about it. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.